0: Welcome to Elite Team Athletics Podcast. Be sure to check us out on iHeartRadio and Apple Podcasts. Click that subscribe button and leave a comment. Anyways, I got my guy Q in here. I'm your host, Kyle Coglatori, and we have the pleasure of having two-time Gatorade Player of the Year, state champ, McDonald's All-American, two-time Minnesota Player of the Year, two-time first team All-Big Ten, two-time Big Ten All-Defensive team, WNBA fourth overall pick in the 2013 WNBA draft, and Minnesota legend Taylor Hill is with us today. How's it going, Taylor?
1: Uh, It's going good. Thank you. Thank you for the elaborate (laughs) introduction.
0: (laughs) Well, when you think about your career, everything that you've accomplished, You know, I said the same thing to Tyus when he came on the show. Does it blow your mind when you think about everything like that? Like, you left school as the all-time leading scorer in the state of Minnesota. You had every college begging
1: you to When you put it like that, yeah, a little bit. But (laughs) I never, like, think back, like, oh, yeah, this is, like, what I did. Or, you know, I know that I had a successful career. Don't get me wrong. But when you say it like that, I'm like, oh, yeah, I I guess I did. I set a few records. (laughs) accomplished a few things <laughs> but I yeah. never looked at it like I never looked back and look at it like that
0: so the crazy thing is we're actually the same class I've known about okay. you for a very long time um there was a girl that went to my school named Brittany chambers I don't know if you remember that Okay, name.
1: yeah I know Brittany
0: yeah so when you two finally got to play against each other in high school it was like the biggest deal at our school. Everybody came out like that was probably the only packed gym our school has ever had.
1: <laughs> That's funny. And so I used to, to like bring at AAU all the time.
0: Yeah, she she speaks very highly of you. She loves you. So when I told her you were coming on the show, she was like, "Oh my god!" So yeah, she yeah. Cool
1: people. How's she doing? She's doing good.
0: She's a doctor now.
1: Wow. She yeah. Big time.
0: Yeah, she's a doctor now. Um, I I I I don't I don't want to talk about her personal life I think she's marrying or dating another doctor as well but that's probably not allowed I'm not allowed to say that probably so I won't won't go on beyond that but both of them doctors I believe they're pediatric
1: okay oh that's really crazy
0: so she she went overseas for a while tried to do the WNBA thing and then she's like I want to be home I'm I'm sick of traveling and yeah went back to school and
1: finished up
0: yeah so Go super, ahead. super dope. She's doing very, very well. Good for her. But let's run it back again, though, because you said, like, the AAU scene and all that. Do you think the AAU scene is what kind of catapulted you into the, the U.S. Of, of rankings
1: for women? Oh, basketball? most definitely. Most definitely. High school basketball was just, like, for me personally, and everybody's experience is a little bit different. But for me, high school basketball and the coach that I had, a mill. Um, He was really good about this, but for me, it was just like an off season for AAU. It was like a time for me to get better. I worked on all my weaknesses during that time. Of course, you know, we played to win and all those things. Um, But for me, it was like AAU was the point where I knew I was going to get seen. The college coaches was out. You're going to play against the best competition around the world. And that's what kind of put me out there is AAU season.
0: Okay. So, When you went to college or I mean to to high school basketball, I don't want to say it wasn't as important, but to you, it was just kind of like, was it kind of like relaxing a little bit more or or less stress? Uh,
1: No, it wasn't relaxing. It was actually for me, like, this is where I grind. Like, this is where I do all my grind. So when AAU comes, I'm ready not I'm trying to get ready for AAU or like I want to learn new things during AAU. During high school season is when I did all that extra work, put in that grind, learn new moves, did all those things. So when AAU came, I can apply it to my game.
0: And then you had an older brother who obviously went to Ohio State. Was he helping you be pushed in the same direction? I mean, you guys, you come from a great basketball family.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, PJ was that. He was definitely that. And for me, unfortunately, I didn't learn that early enough. Uh, but by the time I became a junior and senior in high school, I learned it a little bit more. But when I got to college, my freshman year is really when I was like, that worth ethic is so important. And he actually installed that in me. So I give PJ a lot of props in that area.
0: PJ is ahead of his time in a lot of ways. I mean, the, the crazy thing when I think of your brother is he's very professional. Yeah. You know what I mean? When, when you run into him, he's usually in a yeah. suit. He's, he's <laughs> like GQ. Like prepared yes, for any situation,
1: suit. <laughs> yeah. Suit. Yeah, he is. I agree with that.
0: <laughs> that. That's the one thing that always set you off when, I, whenever I have ran into him. That's what I thought. I'm, he's impressive, very impressive. So yeah,
1: you, he, is. You yeah choose, he, is. he carries himself really well.
0: Yes, he does. You choose Ohio State though over the hometown Gophers. You also had every other college calling you: Marquette, Duke. What made you decide that? Was it because of your mm-hmm. brother?
1: Only because of PJ, seriously. I actually never even took an official to Ohio State, and not many people know this story. I took four official visits, and one of them wasn't to Ohio State. I just had made my mind up some years before, like, no, I'm not going to go to Ohio State. That's PJ's thing, Um, and so I didn't want to be there. Like, I didn't. That wasn't. So my last two choices actually were between Duke and Texas, and so about two or three days before. I committed, um, and I committed late in April. I was just like, okay, Ohio State is what it is. At this point, my brother had talked me into it. My mom and my parents were like, we can come see you play. We can see PJ play, like one family trip. I'm like, that's selfish, but okay. <laughs> but my brother was like, yo, we're best friends. Like we've And we've always been best friends since we were younger. And he was like, just imagine what it could be. And I can show you and give you everything you need with this first year. It will be my senior year you'll be set to go. And he did just that. And I was set to go for the rest of my time there.
0: <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. So your parents loved it.
1: Yeah, they loved it. One trip, one Jersey, number four with the last name Hill on the back. They, they, they got their wish.
0: <laughs> Spoiled. <laughs> yeah. <I love> it. <laughs> so when, when your son grows up, are you going to make him go to a house State too?
1: Oh no, I'm not going to make him go anywhere. But one place he can't go is Michigan. He cannot go to that school <laughs> of North. He's not going there. <laughs> now I'm just joking. He can go where he wants, but he said he wants to be a Buckeye. So, there, he, that's it's fine.
0: That is dope. Hopefully, they're lining pockets by then, legally. Right. Hopefully, by right. then, they're finally paying players.
1: Yeah, let, they let, should be.
0: Yeah, you guys should definitely get paid for, you know, what you put in. It's a job. Yeah. Can you yeah. tell me about the grind when you're over there?
1: Yeah, so, at o State. Yes. Yeah, stay was cool. So, like I said, my first year, you know, PJ was there. So, outside of practice, all my extra workouts was mainly with him. 2 a.m., 5 p.m., it didn't matter. Whenever we had time, we were in the gym. And it didn't matter if I wanted to go. It was like, no, you're going. I'm coming to get you and you're going, so get ready. <laughs> um, but then by the end of my freshman year, I had already – Gain that work ethic that it was like I wanted to go to the gym. Um, and so I had a great coaching staff around me. Um, one of my assistant coaches, Coach Ed Baldwin, he would come to the gym. I mean, I can call him at 4 a.m. and He would get up and come to the gym with me. Um, Dave, Maurice's dad, Dave, he would come and go to the gym with me. It just did, it didn't matter. So after my freshman year, it was like a routine for me, like – So it it didn't feel like, I mean, I know it was the grind. I know it's what you put in outside of like practice and games, but it didn't feel that way. It was like, this is what I enjoy doing.
0: Was it always to get to the next level to the WNBA? Was that what you were always thinking about?
1: Always, always. Since I was about fourth or fifth grade.
0: No kidding. So when you're, I mean, you accomplished a lot at Ohio State. And on top of that, Every year you progress more and more and more. I mean, your stats were higher. You became, a, you scored more points. I think by the time you're finishing, you were averaging what, 21 points a game, or wasn't it? Yeah, 21.2. Yeah, something like that. So every year you progress more and more and more, and then everybody's telling you WNBA by then, and you're going out fourth overall pick, behind Brittany Griner, um,
1: Elena uh, Delle yes. and, and Skydiving.
0: Yes, yeah. I mean that's a pretty crazy one, two, three, four right there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was surreal. And actually, um, Mike Tebow was the general manager and head coach, still is with the Washington Mystics. He called me probably the night before, like middle of the night, like, I'm taking you forth, but don't tell anybody. I want your, you know, I want your family to be surprised, but I'm taking you forth. This is what we're going with. And the crazy thing was, is between college and WNBA for women, there's not a lot of time. And so I played my entire senior year, a lot of people don't know this either, with strep throat. Um, I had tonsillitis. So basically I was just on antibiotics all senior year. Then I got my tonsils removed at the end of senior year. So I couldn't do like no in-person visits or workout or anything. I just like talked to him through FaceTime a few times. Um, and I was like barely talking cause I just had my tonsils removed and he was like, this is what we're doing. We want to score and this is what we're going with. So it was like, it was a surreal moment. Like you can't like, I, there's nothing I can, like, say to explain, like, how it felt when they called my name to be drafted for it.
0: So, tell me, the, did you guys have, you had a draft party, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, So, I was at the actual draft. Okay. Yep, in oh. Connecticut. Um, So, my whole family friend? was there. Favorite?
0: Yes, okay. Keep mm-hmm. going.
1: Yep, whole family was there. Um, my parents got to sit at the table with me, and my siblings were all, like, at the back table because they couldn't sit up front. Um but it, I mean, it was amazing. We were there for about three or four days. We did some like presentation stuff beforehand. Um, but the day of the draft was just like, and I knew when I was going, I knew I was getting a call for it, but I was still so nervous. I was like nervous. I was sweating. I was like, I just couldn't believe it. Like it was a, it's a true blessing. Like it's something that you just can't explain. It's a real blessing.
0: Oh, i can't even i can't imagine i I'm, i have never been in that position i never will be I'm, i best best chance for me is fantasy football or something like that to get glory days huh <laughs> um but i mean so you, you're in that situation you come in they got their score um you weren't given the the well, you started at the beginning right and then they res- put you in the reserve role and you gave a spark and you gave a spark with three other rookies right
1: uh, four other rookies four yeah it was rookies. like five of us at that time
0: so tell me about that experience did you did you struggle with I don't want to call it a demotion because they wanted you to you know to grow and to you know go in there and mm-hmm. do your thing instead of having to play you know maybe not your game with the starting unit or, or can you walk
1: me through that yeah so I think the biggest thing is that so yeah I started the first like maybe 10 to 12 games or something like that and then Mike Tebow again one of the greatest coaches I've ever played for um was really just like it's a new level and so I had this same struggle going into freshman year college it's just like it took me about halfway through the season before the game started to slow down for me and you know coming from high school I was you know the best player blah 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 one of the top five players in the country then I had to learn a new game you know what I'm saying and I'm playing against college players maybe not all 14 of us are the best but you know I played with Jantel Lavender she's four-time big 10 player of the year you know such this such great player I played with Sammy Perales and so I had to learn how to be effective without the ball in my hands and so for me freshman year that took some time and so it was the same thing in the WNBA it took some time now in the WNBA, the competition is even crazier. Like, 12 teams, 144 players, everybody's good. Like, Enough. everybody's fast. Everybody's stronger. The game is faster. Um, so, for me, it took some time. And my coach was – and my coach, my coaching staff, the assistant coach, Eric Tebow, his son, they were so amazing in the sense of, like, they never, like, lost confidence in me. So, what he did was, like, we're going to try it a different way to get yourself going. We're going to come, let you come off the bench. And see if you like it that way, because now maybe you're playing against the second string. You're coming in. The game is we're about to be in bonus at this point. You get some points from the free throw line and get yourself going that way. And so that's how that conversation came about. About you know coming off the bench, and it was a it was a real conversation. It wasn't just like you know my coach was like, now nah, I'm taking you off starting lineup and you're gonna come off the bench. It was like a, this is how I feel. What do you think about this? Like how do you feel about this? And so I really appreciate Mike Tebow, Eric, Coach Stan. She was another assistant coach during that time because during that like mental break of the first half of the season, I was really like, I'm about to quit basketball. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot how to play basketball. I'm about to quit. This is not for me. And they pushed me through those hard times.
0: Well, so here's my other question. I got a daughter and I hope one day maybe she would play in the WNBA. That'd be such an awesome, awesome situation. Um, But I I sit there and I think about, you had your first child. Do you feel like the WNBA, you know, from what I read, you basically had to come back after three months of having your kid. So I I sit there and I think about stuff like that, and I feel like that's harsh.
1: Yeah, you know, know, and I I wouldn't say that the WNBA pressured me to come back. Um, I think it was more I wanted to come back. I ended rookie season so well, like I was on a roll – and it succeeded so well. And um, Maurice was unexpected for Dave and I. Uh, we definitely didn't plan them, um, but this was this is what happened. Like this is what happened, and so um, we decided to have them. But I was so like ready to just get back in the flow um, that I kind of made the decision. Like, and be, again because Mike. Tebow um, head coach, general manager. He was like, you take your time. Very supportive. I called him and told him I was pregnant. He was like, this is perfect. This is like a grandchild coming into our family. Like we're excited for you. We support you. The whole coaching staff, the whole mystics organization, they, they never made me feel pressured to come and play. Um, I think that was more of like a me thing. Like I just finished rookie season. I ended so well, like, now I'm pregnant. <laughs> so I want to come back. Like we're going to drop this baby and then we're going to come back and play. <laughs> That's
0: what I thought. <laughs> well, I mean, you did, you came back and you, you picked up basically right where you left off.
1: Kind of. I, I think it took me a solid year or like a solid half a year going into my third year. Cause I missed basically all of my second year. And yep. so I think it took me about halfway through my third year for me to now like pick up where I left off, you know, get adjusted to like, you know, my new body and, you know, just being a mom, you know, I got a newborn now that relies on me a hundred percent. I was breastfeeding. So again, like the mystics organization was so supportive. Like I needed to be in that organization, you know, to have my first child, because if I needed to like breastfeed or anything, it was no problem for me to leave practice, go during halftime of the games. Um, so for me, like, I, I'm grateful have to have been in their organization for that time, like being a new mom and raising a child and still raising myself at the age of 24 or 25. Yeah. Um, so it was it was amazing. It was hard. It was hard. And I think it took me quite a bit. But then I think at towards the end of my third year, I started to get my rhythm back.
0: Well, that's when you were second in breakout player of the year or, or comeback, back. Yeah. What was it? Most improved player of the year. I mean, yeah. you had a huge season that year.
1: Yeah, and then my fourth year was um we didn't have we didn't have um all-star that year but they did like voting within the league. Um so my fourth year was like my biggest year but again I felt like I was now back to myself, back in rhythm. And so
0: Well, your fourth year you you were killing it too, but then you had your ACL, right? I
1: tore my ACL my fifth year.
0: Fifth year, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, halfway through my fifth year I tore my ACL, yeah. Uh,
0: so then yeah. I mean, what's going through your mind there? That's a new a new adventure right on in itself, you know?
1: Yeah. That was tough. That was really tough. I, um, and on top of like, that was my first surgery, first real injury. Um, so on top of that, I also was having like some health issues at the time. Um, and so I was like doing ACL rehab. I was also flying back and forth to Mayo clinic. So that was like a real like dark, like real tough time in my life. Like, and if I didn't have the support that I have, like, family and friends and stuff, I would have never, like, made it through that moment.
0: Jeez, well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you made it out and everything's yeah. all good. I, I'm i sitting there. I mean, Bria Hartley, she's dealing with that right now. She was on the yeah. show. I can't even imagine a knock on wood that nobody ever gets hurt like that. It sounds like the worst thing ever. Yeah, it's hard. Well, so then you're coming back. And then was it uh, – so that was against Indiana. Yeah. You made your return from, from your injury. But then that, that next year, you got traded to Dallas
1: yep. from the Mystics. Yep. And I know and you love
0: the Mystics. So what was I that? did.
1: I love the Mystics. I still love them. I still love the coaching staff over there. Um, but the trade was more of a personal, um, again, like Mike Tebow was more of a father figure. You know what I mean? Like, he was my coach, but I was really close with Mike Tebow. Um, and we'd had many conversations. And for me, it was just, you know, at that point, I had been there for five and a half years. Um, and I just needed something new, something fresh. You know, I was coming off this injury. We had made a lot of changes with the team, um, the following year before my fifth year started. And so I just needed something new. And so we agreed, you know, on the trade, because after my rookie season, I signed a four year guaranteed, um, contract. So, you know, we agreed on the trade, which was really good. Um, and everything happened for a reason And Dallas is where I wanted to go because at the time coach Fred was the coach, um, Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I only got to play with him for like a month, and then he got <laughs> fired. But, um, so um, Dallas is where I needed to be—not um, just like for a fresh start basketball wise, but I actually found the doctor that like cured my autoimmune disease down there too. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, God always has a way of you know doing things His way, and so Dallas is actually where I needed to be. And for two for like a year and a half, two years, I was dealing with you know this the sickness that nobody could tell me what was going on. And right when I got to Dallas, within two weeks, I found a doctor that helped me out.
0: No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. God does work in mysterious ways. Holy cow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I didn't even know you were dealing with that. Yeah. No. Yeah. Nobody knew (laughs) that was when I tore my ACL. So that was 2017. So when I got traded and, Twenty end twenty eighteen or nineteen, yeah, I found her, and so it was it was it was what needed to happen, just for health wise for me. That's awesome!
0: I'm so yeah. glad that worked out. I I did not know that. I mean, so then you loved your time in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Then you get traded to the New York Liberty, mm-hmm. and then I mean, what what's going um, on now?
1: Yes, yeah, so I have microfracture, unfortunately, yeah. because. Again, here I am rushing back after the baby, after ACL surgery, cause I came off All-Star year. So I was ready. Like I wanted to get back ready mentally, but not ready physically. Um, and so unfortunately I play like off my ACL, I think I played the last four or five games and I played like the first four or five games the following year and um, had an MRI. They was like, yeah, you need my fracture. Right. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> on the same knee, um, so that was like a little, you know, depressing and hard. Um, and so my agent and I spoke and um, we, we agreed not to go to the bubble just for my health issues. Okay. And so Dallas, they wanted me to play. So it was either like you play or we're going to trade you. Um, so they ended up trading me. And then New York just bought me out because okay. I wasn't going to play in the bubble. So they bought me out. And I think the legal term is have they say if they waive me, but that was my fourth year of my guaranteed contract, so I just had a buyout deal through New York. So what are you thinking now? What, what's in the future, Taylor Hill? <laughs> um, so I'm still working out. I'm still around, um, but I'm I'm ready to transition. I have a six year old now, so he's so active. Like he plays basketball. He does it all um but I'm ready to transition I'm not sure if like if the right opportunity comes I will play like I'm in shape I'm I'm you know I'm there mentally that aspect of the game I want to be around the game I love the aspect of the game um I don't know if I miss my knees hurting after practice every day <laughs> but, but I love being around the game and I love like you know I, I grew that love especially in, in college of You know that grind of seeing people grow during not during the games, but during that practice, during the extra work that you put in. And so, like when I'm working out with my sisters, I love to see if we work on something, and then two months later, now they got it down and they applying it to their game. That's what I love to see.
0: So we were talking off camera though, like your interest in coaching, and I said, "Well, have you called Lindsey Whalen?" You said you actually thought or talking to somebody at St. Thomas. (laughs) You know, let's. Are you allowed to talk about all that right now, or no?
1: Um, not necessarily, not necessarily, but just know, like, I'm, I've been putting my name out there and been talking, and, um, it would be great to be able to stay around home, but my options are open. They're really open.
0: I think St. Thomas would be very, very well off if they were able to suck you in there, <laughs> in that program. Uh, St. Thomas is an awesome place. I, I highly recommend it if they are, they'd be missing out if they, they don't beg you. So, I hope that they, they figure it out and make that
1: happen. <laughs> is a great place. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Coach Ruth over there has done a great job. She's a great coach.
0: Great coach. Great coach. Yeah.
1: Um, some of my
0: questions, too, is you did. You played overseas a little bit. I, I believe it was in the Israeli league. Um, mm-hmm. What do you compare it to as in, like, the USA versus overseas? And I mean.
1: Yeah, so I played in Israel. I, the first year I was only there for about a month because I found out I was pregnant. Um, after my rookie season. And then I played in Hungary for a little bit and Israel. Um, their leagues are, you know, the Europe, European basketball is way different, you know? Um, and so I would say over there, the competition level where I was specifically is not as intense as, you know, the WNBA, but I know that some of my teammates have been in like you know, that play EuroLeague basketball for women, that competition is just as high. You know, maybe not as good as the WNBA, but those games are just as intense as, you know, that you're going to get that same play over here.
0: Well, some of the other things that I've heard, too, is like the the fan affair is way more bolstered over there versus here. That uh, people, they love the WNBA, or they love women's basketball over there more than men's in a mm-hmm. lot of places. So, what is that yeah. like when you're, when you're going over there, packed gyms versus over here where I, I know that people have been knocking it because I don't even, I, I don't know, dunking, maybe that's the biggest thing that people are bothered by. But, I mean, the skill set's there. WNBA, it's there. Yeah. Very fun to watch. Yeah.
1: You know, growing up, though, I've never been like, um, I've never been the girl that, like, is into like the fans or like the blogs or the news or like the social media type thing. That was never me. Like even in high school, I didn't read the articles. I didn't like, I mean, my parents collected the newspaper stuff, but I never read those kind of things like that kind of stuff. It just didn't matter to me. Like it wasn't the reason why I played. And so yeah, fan support is great. Don't get me wrong. Like in every gym, that I've played in for the most part. There are some teams in the WNBA that don't get great fan support, but like the fan support is great. But like the fans that I have, like family fans is most important, you know? So if Mm -hmm. I look up in the stands and I see my son and I have a nanny up there where I see my mom and my siblings up there, Like, that's the support that I'm looking for. I'm The other fans is great. Like, I appreciate them, don't get me wrong. But the fans that I really, like, worry about or that mean a lot to me is, like, my family fans.
0: Well, the the things that bother me when I'm doing more research about the WNBA is I think this year was the first year that they even had, like, uh, a cosmetic partner with the WNBA. Like, women's basketball did not have a cosmetic partner until this year. It's 2021.
1: Yeah, it's ridiculous. I, you, know, and, you know, I tell people all the time, like, they're a growing league. You know, they've been around for 21, 22 years now. So, you know, there's still a lot of growth. Like, that's, you know, they've, it hasn't been around long enough, you know. And so they're growing and they're learning as they go. Like, same thing with our new CBA. Like, they put a new things in the CBA for mothers. Like, that should have been in there. Like, you would think something like that should have been in there. But because they didn't come across a lot of women that was having children that they didn't, those problems didn't arise in the past. And so like, you know, Bria had her son. I've had my son. I had a few teammates on my team actually the mystics that had kids back to back to back. (laughs) My coach blames me for starting a trend, but, (laughs) um, you just you know i think it comes with you know just being around a little bit longer and having to experience some of those things and so they're growing though they're 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 growing and trying to make the right changes which is good
0: i just i just think there's so many you know marketing aspects that could easily be met i mean there's so many women's products that they could be pushing that could that could help both sides equally yeah. you know what i mean i don't understand yeah. why the partnerships are not there i agree um, another question that i have for you is do you think male athletes, professional athletes, should should be part of their job to help shed more light to women's sports? And and if so, do you think that they do a good job of this or not?
1: Um, I don't think it's sh- I don't think it's their job. No, I don't think it's their job. But um, so no, I don't think it's their job. But I do think that um, the players in the NBA do a good job of promoting the WNBA because they still have a job themselves. Like, and I'm saying they're playing 80 plus games a season. They get their small off season. Like they got families, they got other things going on. now we're not asking them to add another job in, you know, making sure like everybody watches the WNBA. Everybody has their own preference, you know? Um, but I, I do think the male NBA players do a great job, especially the ones that are in head, like LeBron, Damian Lillard. All those guys do an excellent job of showing their support. And and they watch the game, but they also are true players of the game. You know what I'm saying? They're they're true players of the game. And so I think the biggest like negative connotation comes from people that are not basketball players, <laughs> that are just fans of the NBA. You know what I'm saying? Because players that actually play – NBA players they actually appreciate the women's game
0: I think so because I think it's a lot of skill I think there's a lot more skill in WNBA than there is in the NBA not saying that there aren't skilled players in the NBA yeah but I'm just saying there's way more skill that you yeah. guys are possessing every day versus some people are just using their athleticism to do Athletics, whatever yeah. you know what I mean and yeah
2: I mean Q what, what are you thinking here let's, let's hear from you man I definitely agree on that you know it's uh it's it's so fun to watch women's basketball because they're they're just as good, obviously, just not as athletic and six eight freaks yeah. of nature like you know, we have Giannis and all these other crazy athletes, but you know, I respect it, I love it, you know, big advocate, always watch it. You know, my my fiance, she's played basketball as well some college. I believe she had a story that she played against you one time and you destroyed okay. her somehow. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, it's, <laughs> it's good. You know, we, we need to all continue to promote you know, WNBA and women's basketball and hopefully can continue to grow as well. Yeah. You, you got some other questions for Q? So I did have a question. Um, I wanted to know your Mount Rushmore of women's basketball. I know there's a ton of great talent that's gone through the WNBA, also college as well your top four top five in your opinion uh, it doesn't have to be the best because yeah. you know that's a different debate. No but. yeah
1: no I could tell you right up um Cynthia Cooper Cheryl swoops uh Lisa Leslie and Diana Taurasi. hands down like my best four and if I had to name like my all-time best four like best player it would probably be it's it's a little hard because I love Cynthia Cooper, but Diana Taurasi is probably hands down my favorite player.
0: She's scary.
1: Yeah, I, I agree <laughs> with that so as good. well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so good, so good. Yeah, she's
1: good. Yeah.
0: Was it crazy when you when you line up against somebody like that for the first time?
1: Oh my gosh, I was starstruck. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, how, you know, like okay, because. I feel like, to me, I'm just a normal person. Like, I'm just a normal person. Like, yeah, I play basketball, and I have accomplished a lot over my years, but I'm just normal. Like, I'm just a normal lady. Like, I just hoop. Like, I just hoop. And so, for me, it was like, um, when I met Diana, I was just, like, mouth drops. Like, asked her for an autograph at halftime of the game. <laughs> my team was like... How were you asking her for an autograph? I was like, yo, I used because I used to watch her growing up at UConn. Like, I remember specific things she used to do. Like, she's a legend. She's the goat to me. So I was literally like rookie season. I was like, can I please have her in? On the court, she's a different mentality, but off the court, she is the nicest person you will ever come across. Like, she's so nice. She's so sweet. She was like, Yeah, I'll give you my autograph. I was like, thank you amazing
0: so arch nemesis on the court but cool as heck off
1: cool yeah very cool person off the court yeah
0: see i'd be i'd be begging her like so how do i get your jersey do i need to pay you some money for it how do i
1: and she probably wouldn't even make me pay like she's that's the kind of person she is like she's so down to earth cool person but very competitive on the court like very competitive
0: Oh, I can only imagine. Was there any welcome to the league
1: moments you had? Um, not really, not really. Uh, I'm not like a big trash talker, so I don't think like maybe maybe within like my own teammates. I had one teammate, um, and she was my favorite vet of all time, Monique Curry. Um, She was with the Mystics when I got there. She was maybe a little more hard on me, but she was a little more hard on me just because, like, she knew my potential. Um, But not really. I'm not, like, a big trash talker, and I'm, like, pretty much keep-to-myself type person, like, outside of the locker room and stuff. So, no, all my teammates were real cool. And even, like, the other players, like, the league is very competitive, but everybody is, like, friends in the league. (laughs) Really? Like, go out to dinner after games, win or lose. Like, very cool.
0: Really? That's yeah. super cool. I yeah. mean, I, I think some people would probably hate on it saying, oh, that there's no place in that if you're really competitive. Yeah, like, no. Like, the 90s basketball.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: NBA people would say You know, that.
1: I mean, there are a few players that don't really mingle, but most of the players, like, they can compete on the court, and then when the game is over, like, like Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi are best friends, but on the court you would never think – that they were best friends. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's cool that you should be able to compete against somebody that you know that you're friends with and not take it personal.
0: That's super dope. Well, what what is some of your advice to some people who look up to you um, coming up on how to you know attain their goals and dreams?
1: Yeah, you know, my biggest advice is like you have to be willing to outwork any and everybody. And not just outwork them, but you gotta love the grind. You gotta love the process of getting better. And some people hate that process or some people like kind of dread that process. That makes it hard to wake up every Every day and go to the gym and shoot extra and do all those things. You got to love that process. If you fall in love with that process, then the game becomes a lot easier in whatever you do in life, whatever aspect in life that you do. You got to love the grind because then the outcome is like the glorious. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't just love playing in the games like that. It don't work like that. So I think you got to love the grind. You got to have a work ethic that's going to outwork anybody. If you could do that, and and you got to make sacrifices. There are so many times I tell young kids, like, I didn't grow up in a social media era, you know, like I'm 30. So I didn't grow up with like Instagram and all these different social media things. So for me, it was like, my parents made me go to the gym. My dad made me go to the gym with my brother. Um, But for me, I didn't want to hang out with my friends either that much. Like I would rather go to the gym than go to the movies or go to a party. And that's just where I was. And it got me further in my career and, and all my good friends understood that. They knew where my mindset was. They knew where my career wanted to be and my path. And so I had supportive friends that was like, they would do something. They'd be like, well, Taylor's not going to come. So, but they weren't mad about that. They didn't take that personal either. You know what I'm saying? So I had a great group of friends that I'm still friends with to this day that they were like, she's going to the gym. But I see why she's going to the gym because she want to go to the WNBA. Like that's just where she stands. And it was never personal with them.
0: Do you feel like the people who didn't understand, they weeded themselves out?
1: Yeah, they weeded their own selves out, and that was just fine with me.
0: (laughs) Some some of my favorite uh, advice that I've gotten, actually, from Troy Bell, sometimes all you got with people is history. Doesn't mean that they're supposed to be there in the long run.
1: Right, and everybody serves a purpose in the season.
0: That's the truth. Q, you got anything else?
2: Um, last one I had was about the the transition between, you know, how the game is now compared to when you were, you know, like in high school, like, if you see any high school players nowadays that, you know, the game kind of seems different since it's evolving. Um,
1: yeah, you know, I think the game, I think the competition level of the game is a lot different now than when I was in high school. I think now because of social media, it's a lot of clout. It's a lot of, like, I think that's what it is. I think clout is the right word. I think it's a lot of clout. And it's, and it's hard now to see the heart in some of these young girls because it's just so easy to just move on. Like, for example, when I was went to college, it wasn't a transfer portal. Like, you can't just, if a coach yells at me, I'm going to just transfer because they're yelling at me. Or they not playing me. I think I should be playing 30 minutes. They're not playing me, so I'm going to just transfer. It For us growing up, it was like, you're gonna outwork the next person. You're gonna show that grind. you're gonna show that heart, and you're gonna prove that you should be out there. It is not gonna be no easy walk. I think these kids now have a little bit easier. And I think social media plays a big part in that. I think that plays a big role in making things a lot more accessible and making it a little bit easier for the the younger kids.
0: (laughs) Also too, something that just came up in my mind since we were talking about these high school kids, you know, you already lived all this. You've already done it. You've had this impeccable career. It's amazing. Do you give back then to say like a Paige Beckers who's coming up in Minnesota, who's, you know, trying to attain what you've already done? Um, I mean, I've had so many people on here. I call them Minnesota legends because they are. We've had so many people in the community that are such great basketball players. Mm -hmm. Um, In Minnesota, I really feel is like a hotbed for the sport. Yeah. Do you feel like this there's a community where people are doing that or you know giving back
1: yeah oh yeah for sure and I think that I think that the players that are really serious or the players that were really serious are in that pool you know what I'm saying I think like you said some people are just gonna weed themselves out like mm-hmm. Paige she worked hard it was I mean yeah she was a little bit talented than most players but she worked hard and she wanted to get better I would see Paige at lifetime all the time 6 a.m and they're working out Shooting by herself, doing what she needed to do to get better. So, I think there is a pool of people that give back and come back and show that. But it's, but it's a small pool of players that really want to be great. You know what I'm saying? I think that's in a lot of things in life. Like it, you're only going to find a small group of people that actually want to be great and put that work in to be great. Because anybody could say like, oh yeah, I want to be great. I want to go to the. I want to go to the league. I want to go professional. But you're not putting in that work to be that.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, if it was easy, everybody would do it.
1: Yeah, true.
0: Thanks. Well, Taylor, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your day. I hope you have a great weekend. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks again for your time. Stay warm. It's cold out there.
1: <laughs> I appreciate yeah. y'all.